Welcome to Cancer Conversations. I'm your host, Erica Matthews. I am a wife, mom, and wellness coach. I understand the trauma of getting a cancer diagnosis and the intense battle a person instantly steps into. This podcast is all about learning how to overcome adversity and how activating faith plays a key role in the outcomes we want to have. Each week, I will be bringing you education and inspiration, as well as interviews with other fellow warriors. Get ready to be empowered in your faith, mindset, and your health. Now, let's get into today's episode. All right. Well, this week, I am so excited to introduce uh, my friend, Heidi Ahrens, and she is a family nurse practitioner, and she specializes in functional medicine. So Heidi, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Erica. It's an honor to be here with you. Oh, well, I just adore you, and I am so grateful to be connected to someone like-minded and just, you're just such a powerful woman. And I love your approach to healthcare and just going to the root cause and just how you, you think outside of the box. And so I just wanted my audience to know about you. So let's have you just start out with telling us a little bit about yourself and what you do for a living. Yeah. Thank you. Well, I am a family nurse practitioner I specialize in integrative functional medicine, like Erica said. Um, my background as a nurse was in cardiology. So I spent 11 years doing cardiology and then started to realize, you know what? Our healthcare system is really amazing at addressing a crisis, a health crisis, right? We're really, really good at emergencies and um, acute infections and we can treat a heart attack and a stroke and put stents in someone's arteries and all of the emergent things that come up. But what our healthcare system isn't as good at is addressing complex chronic illness. And today that's what the majority of us are facing is mm-hmm. more of the complex chronic illness. And so our healthcare system just wasn't built for that. And as I began to recognize, wow, we have a healthcare system that was designed for acute issues and emergencies. But what we're dealing with now is more of the complex chronic conditions. And I really went into medicine to create health. That's my passion. And I realized the system is literally diagnosing and managing illness versus creating health. And so I started to realize I actually got into this to create health and that's what I want to do. So I went on a journey learning everything I possibly could about how do we create health? What is necessary for us to create health and maintain health, especially as we age, so that we're not succumbing to these complex chronic illnesses? Or what can we do to reverse them? How can we optimize our health in every stage of life? So that's ultimately what I do now every day is look at how do we create health? How do we reverse a condition if at all possible? And then what can we do to prevent chronic illness and optimize health in every stage of life. Mm. So that is, that requires a completely different paradigm. It totally requires a completely different skill set. It requires a completely different approach to what's possible. And I love helping people on that journey. 
I love bringing things to you that I think are going to be new, you know, when I ask you questions and then you already know all about it. You already have an answer. And I, I don't think I know of someone that researches as much as you do. And I, I just, I love it. That's, that's one of the great things I love about you. How did you know that this was the field you wanted to go into? Uh, well, I grew up just being enthralled with health. I was one of those like science nerds and just loved everything to do with health and helping people heal. So I was drawn to that as a kid, um, went into nursing. I ended up getting sick, hospitalized at 15 and over Christmas one year. And I was in the emergency room and had fainted three times and everyone in the ER was trying to figure out what was going on. And I just thought it was completely fascinating, like barely conscious and incredibly sick needing to be hospitalized. But I was just enthralled with the whole process, just oh, of the medical mystery and the excitement of trying to, you know, find, figure out a problem and figure out a solution. So I think I was just drawn to healthcare into the health field. I ended up going into nursing and I loved that. And then as I kind of progressed in my career, I really wanted to make a bigger impact and be able to help people in a more personal way and also help people prevent illness and create health. And that became a big passion of mine. I just went on a journey learning what is necessary to help people do this. And so that required a lot of additional training and expertise, I guess you would say, in trying to learn every imaginable modality to help people create health. And I'm incredibly passionate about creating health and helping people in that journey. Um, There's nothing that makes me happier than helping somebody overcome a challenge or find a victory or help them along in creating the health that they want to have. And so how long have you been practicing as a nurse practitioner? I've been an MP for six years. Prior to that, worked in the hospital setting for 11 years. I know that you and I met uh, briefly at the cancer center, uh, the holistic center in California that I was at, but I didn't get to know you and know just uh, like the skills and everything that you come with, which is amazing. But you were working with, you know, Dr. Keneally. And so you come with a cancer background, which I love, even though you don't specialize in that, you know, you just have so much to help people with. Tell me and tell the audience, like, who is your ideal client that, that you love to work with? I love to work with people who want to transform their health. And so a lot of people want health, but they're not necessarily willing to do what it takes to get health. I love working with people who have kind of reached the point where they're like, I want health. I need to learn how to create this. And I need someone to help guide me and direct me and educate me. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the profile of the, the type of person I love working with. Um, I treat a lot of different things. I treat kids. I treat teenagers, adults, the elderly, kind of across the lifespan. I love working with people with mold illness. I encountered a lot of mold in my life and had to learn how to recover from that. And so I'm also passionate about helping people with mold, immune challenges, whether that's autoimmunity low immune function, cancer, learning how to optimize their immune function, do a lot of environmental detox work with people. So that means addressing and looking for possible toxicities like 
chemical, environmental chemical toxicities, heavy metal toxicities, because they can play such huge roles in our overall health. Also chronic infections. So I treat a lot of people with either chronic parasites or chronic viral infections or chronic bacterial overgrowth, or they're always fighting an infection. So that infectious burden, either they have herpes or Epstein-Barr virus or chronic infections that they're not recovering from. I also love hormone balancing and treating people who want to lose weight, who want to optimize their thyroid, want to optimize their sex hormones. Also people with cardiometabolic type illnesses, either heart disease or diabetes or insulin resistance. We see so much of the general public dealing with underlying insulin resistance. And so that can be a huge underlying factor too. Yeah, I'm working with all kinds of different populations, but ideally anyone who's interested in looking at the root cause of why they're not well and who is motivated to get to their optimized health, whatever that looks like for them. Right. And sometimes that can be tricky because, you know, in the conventional world, you know, we know we can just go and get a medication for something. Of course, it doesn't solve the problem. And so then when we come and maybe want to really start working on the root cause of something, um, like a mindset shift that needs to happen when like working with someone as incredible as you, because we know like we have to go all in on our health, right? We have to go to the root cause. And, and that does require work. But people have to also realize health is a journey. And the result, I kind of explain it this way. When we figure out what the body needs more of, and we figure out what the body needs less of, maybe a toxicity that we might have to get rid of or something to detox from, the end result is health. So that's really what we're after. The end result is weight loss, but getting the body metabolically healthy is what we have to accomplish in order to get the weight loss. So kind of look at it as an onion and you're peeling back each individual layer. And sometimes Mm. we have to start with the most pressing issue and then continue to refine and refine and refine and peel one layer at a time. And it can be frustrating when you're dealing with complex chronic issues, because that's going to take time to heal from. It's entirely possible, but we also need to be comprehensive in how we address why the underlying reason why you may not be getting well. So if we can figure that out, then the end result is health. And that's what we're after. Mm, So it is a mindset shift. And some people do have to recognize it's going to take work. It's going to take time. It's going to take money, just like anything else in life that's worth doing. I love that. That's so good. And I believe in that 100%, which is why I've spent so much money, but I wouldn't trade it for anything. I mean, I know that I'm in this place where I'm at because I chose to, you know, do a deep dive into root cause healing. And of course I'm still on my journey, you know, four years ago, people thought, oh, detoxing is just for sick people, but now more than ever, right. We have to detox no matter if you are after prevention or you're after illness, detox is a necessity. So let's talk about that. I probably talk about this every single day, numerous times, because it's such a huge issue. People sometimes think of alcohol detox. Yeah. When you're coming off of an alcohol addiction, you have to go through rehab and detox. Well, yes, that's obviously the case. But when, when it comes to like all of us achieving good health, we have built-in mechanisms to help us detoxify and get rid of the various things that are toxic to the body. So 
we are now faced with more toxic exposures than we have ever been faced with before. To give you an example, a baby born today has over 300 chemicals in their umbilical cord that has been identified. So when you come out of the womb, those, those infants coming out of the womb being born today are loaded with hundreds of chemicals. Where are they getting this? Well, they're getting it from mom. Mom was exposed to hundreds of chemicals. And this Mm. study was done decades ago. It's even far worse today, I'm sure. But to give you just kind of a little bit of a idea, uh, we have environmental chemicals that we're all exposed to in our air, in our water, in our food supply. So we have pesticides, herbicides, glyphosate, in our food supply, we have chemicals in our soil that end up in our food that we're consuming on a daily basis, especially if you're eating a lot of processed foods. We also have a lot of heavy metals that we're exposed to just from the environment. It could be amalgam fillings in your teeth. It could be mercury that was exposed to your mom that got passed in utero to you. It could be in the air. There's a massive amount of aluminum in our air. There's a lot of cadmium and lead and arsenic and mercury that we're getting exposed to just in our environment. Even our water is full of things like fluorides and bromides and chlorine and environmental chemicals, pesticides. So when you think of how easy it is for us to get exposed to these things, they're everywhere and it's inevitable that we're going to have exposure. If we have good detox pathways we're able to help eliminate these things. But some of these things are so toxic, they get shoved away from our vital organs. So our body is literally protecting us, protecting our brain, protecting our kidneys from getting exposed to these things that are very damaging to our vital organs. So they get shoved into fat cells. So these toxins get shoved away into fat cells and they stay there. They could stay there for decades and never come out. So that's one big reason why we have to be continually detoxing because we have to help the body get rid of these toxins. They're also in our everyday products. So you think of products that you use on a daily basis, like soaps, detergents, shampoos, perfume, cologne, sunscreen, um, lotion. They are literally, there's um, endocrine disrupting chemicals in all of these products that are allowed to be in our everyday products that we're getting exposed to. So when you think of the toxic burden that the body might be dealing with, you also have to look at what are the sources of these chemicals or heavy metals and where might they be coming from? To give you an example from even just cleaning up your own home environment, changing out your products and getting really clean products that are free of parabens, BPAs, phthalates, those are endocrine disrupting chemicals. So they literally sit on our endocrine endocrine receptors and they knock off our hormones. So if you're looking at estrogen, for example, these chemicals can sit on our estrogen receptors, knock off our estrogen. And now we have more circulating estrogen that our bodies are now dealing with. So they disrupt the function of our endocrine organs. That is things like the thyroid, the pancreas, predisposing people to insulin resistance and diabetes to thyroid conditions, to autoimmune thyroid issues, hypothyroidism, hyperthyroidism, also even affecting our sex organs, like our testicles and our ovaries and our uterus and our breast tissue. So when you look at the incidences of cancer and the incidences of these endocrine disrupting 
types of illnesses um, of the endocrine organs, we have to look at these exposures as contributing factors. So just eliminating these things in your everyday environment will help reduce your exposures. And then we look at, okay, how can we facilitate the body getting rid of these things? So we have built-in detoxification systems. The liver is the most important organ for detoxification. And a lot of people just have a liver that's burdened. It's just over time gets burdened and isn't working as efficiently. If you're only looking at liver enzymes on your blood panel, you're, you're not getting the full picture because until that liver cell has damage, those liver enzymes will not go up. So that's actually a very late stage issue when your liver enzymes actually go up, but you could have very inefficient liver detoxification without, with perfectly normal liver enzymes. So if you're only looking at that, you're missing the boat, but you could have a big burden on your liver and your liver is not effectively helping you break down all of these things to help you get rid of it. So we need good liver function. We need good kidney function. We need good lymphatic flow. So our lymph system or the lymphatic system is a huge piece of detoxification because that's literally the tissue where all these toxins are like sitting under the skin in the lymph organs or in the lymph tissue. If you get enlarged lymph nodes, that's an indication that your lymph system is sluggish, but you might not know it could be sluggish on an everyday basis. And if you're not sweating every day, that's a huge indication that your entire lymphatic system is shut down and not working. So that means your tissues are holding on to more toxins wow. and we want to help facilitate getting that out. So some very simple things you can do to help your lymphatic system drain better is drinking lemon water, lemon, fresh organic lemon actually helps the lymphatic system stimulates it. Jumping on a rebounder, those little uh, trampolines that you can jump on, actually the movement of jumping and bouncing stimulates the lymphatic system because it doesn't have its own pump. Blood having its own pump called the heart that actually pumps our blood and keeps it moving. Our lymph system doesn't have a pump. So unless we're moving and exercising and squeezing our muscles, we don't get the lymphatic system moving. And a lot of people have been sedentary for a long time. They don't they don't exercise regularly, or they're just not getting their lymph system moving. So anything that gets that moving will help. Even basic things like an Epsom salt bath. I have a lot of my patients do Epsom salt baths and have them add even going up to four or five cups of Epsom salts per bath and a cup of baking soda, which is super inexpensive, super easy. A couple times a week, it begins to help you sweat in the bath. It opens up your lymphatic system and the warm water helps to dilate your blood vessels and you begin to sweat and that helps drain the lymph system. Also dry brushing. If you think of the bath section at the store, the drugstore, Target, Walmart, you can buy one of the um, dry brushes that has a wooden handle with thick bristles. And if you start brushing your skin before you get into a shower or a bath, move in the direction of your heart and just begin to brush your whole body, both sides of your body, upper body, lower body, it literally starts to stimulate the lymphatic system. So you begin to actually move these toxins around. Then you get into a nice warm bath or shower and begin to sweat and it starts to excrete those toxins from the tissues. Also just being well hydrated, having regular bowel movements. A lot of people are chronically dehydrated and they're chronically constipated. So that's 
allowing your body to hold on to more toxins, getting enough fiber. A lot of people just are not getting enough fiber. So they're not excreting in the stool what they what they should be. You should have two bowel movements a day. And most Americans are, are not having one a day or they're skipping multiple days. And that's an incredibly big issue for a lot of people. And just getting the bowels moving can tremendously help your toxic burden. But one thing I do encourage everyone to think about is making sure your detox pathways are well supported. Because if you start trying to kill bacteria, kill chronic infections, or you start trying to mobilize heavy metals and your body's not prepared and ready, you're going to get a lot sicker and you're not going to feel well and could potentially make yourself worse by stirring up a ton of toxins and not being able to get it out. So I do recommend people really focus on opening their detox pathways before they do any major detoxes. And that can make a huge difference. And what does that look like? There's a lot you can do in terms of, there's a whole host of things you can take from a supplement standpoint that helps the body get these detox pathways working. Sometimes just something as simple as going on a 30 day detox diet, um, cleaning up the diet, getting rid of processed foods and sugar and grains can make a huge difference. Sometimes just doing a very intensive 21 to 30 day detox, where you're taking some supplements that help with liver support and also lymphatic support and kidney support, and maybe some binders. You've probably heard of the whole 30 diet. I'm a big fan of paleo diet in general, but the whole 30 is kind of a great way for people to start to think differently about their diet and start getting rid of the processed foods and the sugar and the bad oils to literally help clear that out of the body and help get the microbiome, the gut in better shape. And that alone can help you detox because you're literally starting to get rid of the bad stuff and start putting in the good stuff and get a diet really rich in vegetables. A lot of people are not getting enough vegetables. They're not getting enough nutrients. So improving your nutrient intake with vitamins and minerals and good fats and antioxidants plays a huge role in helping the body detox. So something as simple as just diet changes can make a huge impact. I walk people through whether they're supplements, herbs, homeopathic remedies. Um, There's a lot of different things I will use that support each of the detox organs, getting bile flowing, getting the liver supported, helping the kidneys filter, getting the lymphatic system moving. So there's a lot of things that can be used when you're looking at how do we open up these detox pathways. But those are some simple things you could begin to do at home. The dry brushing, the the saunas, the um, there's even a number of inexpensive portable saunas that a lot of my patients have purchased just to help them on their journey. You don't have to necessarily spend $10,000 on this huge, fancy wooden sauna. Those are beautiful and they're nice but sometimes it's just not feasible, but there are some inexpensive portable saunas that you could use in your own home. Or if you have access to a friend with a sauna or a local sauna company. Um, and if you don't even have that as an option, Epsom salt baths work great to begin facilitating the lymphatic drainage and a dry brush and, you know, just getting people hydrated and well-nourished goes a long way. Gosh, I love all that. That's so good. Thank you for sharing all of that. I want to take a quick 
break from today's episode and talk about an immune system molecule that's getting a lot of attention around the world. Now, most of you who watch me on my social media, I'm sure have heard me talk about it. It's a molecule that educates your immune system to help your body recognize a threat and respond to it by taking it out. It makes your immune system 437% smarter, and it activates your natural killer cells. It also does more than that, but for the sake of time, I won't get into all the details of what it does. However, I just heard from a panel of doctors, and what struck my attention was they said that if you have a weakened immune system, that is how disease is able to enter in. But if you have a strong immune system, well, let's just say tumors are unaccepted. They are not able to grow. If your immune system is strong, I want to encourage you, if you are curious about what this immune system molecule could do for your health and taking your health next level, email me at hello at ericamatthews.co. All right, let's get back into today's episode. What do you think about modified citrus pectin? Do you know about that? I'm sure you oh, do. Yeah, it's wonderful. It's actually made from the peels of citrus fruits. So if you think of lemons, limes, oranges, grapefruits, the peel has something in it called modified citrus pectin. So there are products made and formulations made of some very highly absorbable forms of modified citrus pectin. I really love the product called Pectisol in particular, but it's a fantastic tool that does a lot of different things. So it has the capacity to help bind a lot of different types of toxins. So it can help bind chemicals, especially glyphosate. It can even bind heavy metals. It can bind a lot of various toxins. The thing I love the most about Pectisol in particular is it can block galactin-3. And galactin-3 is actually a stress protein that the body produces when it's under stress. And so if you think of the different disease processes in which there's ongoing cellular stress and inflammation happening, that's pretty much every chronic illness. So if you think of cancer, heart disease, diabetes, chronic kidney disease, hypertension, arthritis, they all have an underlying inflammatory component and they all have an underlying toxic component. So when you begin to block that stress protein, you can help block one of the big mechanisms that these underlying conditions are utilizing. It's a wonderful support, not only for toxic burden, but also inflammation. And we have so many conditions where there's an underlying factor of chronic inflammation. So if Mm -hmm. we can begin to block that chronic inflammation, block that stress protein, we can begin to help reverse some of the underlying triggers of that illness. So it's, it's a very versatile product, which is one reason I use it a lot. I use that too. I actually have the powder form. And so it gets all clumpy. That's the only thing I don't love about that, but I know it's, it's so powerful and it's doing a powerful thing in my body. And that's like one wonderful example, but there's many, many, many different things that can be used depending on what we're trying to achieve. There's tons of options for how can we begin to support the body in getting rid of the inflammation, getting rid of the toxic burden. And depending on what toxin we're dealing with, there may be 
you know, more ideal choices for types of binders, for example. But as we begin to look and evaluate the body's toxic burden, we can then formulate a very personalized approach to how do we help your body get rid of this? What are the layers we got to get rid of first? So then we can keep peeling back that onion. So sometimes it's, it's an infectious burden we have to get rid of, or we can get rid of the heavy metal. We got to get rid of the parasites, or maybe we have to get rid of the fungus first, because that's playing the biggest role. Um, so looking at that strategically, we can begin to look at, okay, what's the biggest stressor on this person's body? How do we get rid of that? And then we'll find other things that we didn't see before, meaning maybe you do have a big heavy metal burden, but we couldn't even identify that until we got rid of the chemical burden. So sometimes that's why uh, what I mean by layers, there's multiple layers of detox that we have to address. And as we start doing that strategically, we can begin unloading the body's burden. And so when we start thinking about what are underlying causes for cancer, there's a large infectious burden, but also a large toxic burden. And if we can identify and address those, we begin to remove some of the biggest insults to the immune system. So if we're trying to figure out how do we get the immune system to work properly, we also have to look at what's burdening the immune system. So as we begin to look at all these areas, especially the microbiome. Is there a lot of imbalance in the microbiome? That's a, that's a huge portion of our immune function up to 70% of our immune systems made from our microbiome. That's the ecosystem of our gut, right? The balance of the good and the bad, the good bugs, the bad bugs. When we have a healthy microbiome, that's a huge portion of how our immune system is built. So if we have a lot of dysfunction or a lot of chronic infections in the gut, it's impacting the way we digest our food, absorb the nutrients, get rid of waste, but also the immune aspect of the microbiome is huge. So when we begin to look at all these things, we can begin to take the stress off the immune system so that, and then build it back up. And you've been on such a huge journey. You know, you've, uh, you've addressed a lot of these things. You've dealt with a lot of these things. It's a big piece of why you are doing so remarkably well. Mm, you yes. didn't just take the conventional treatment. You also right. said, okay, what are the underlying causes and why is yep. my system working and what can I do to improve how my body functions? And yeah. that's why you're doing so well. Talk about a miracle. You yeah. are an absolute miracle. Thank you. Yes. I know that. Yep. God definitely has me on a journey for sure. But it's been such a spiritual journey, a spiritual awakening for me, not just spiritually, but like in on every level. I believe cancer is my body talking to me that things are out of alignment. Basically, it's been my wake up call to look at every area in my life. It's not just one thing. It's been multiple things. And so because I'm willing to do the work and I'm willing to go after the root cause that's why it's taking so long, you know, which is fine. I right. mean, it is, is, you know, it just is. And I know what, what God has promised me. So it's, it's definitely been a faith walk for and sure. One of the big things that I just love that you've also delved into and a huge piece of the puzzle that I see with my patients in general is the emotional and spiritual component of our health, yeah. right? We think of our health as our physical health, but the emotional spiritual health of a person is two thirds of the pie, right? It's a huge component in our yes. body. Our bodies literally hold on to 
spiritual and emotional imbalances. And so if if we haven't addressed that, that could be another huge piece of why someone's not getting well or why they may be developing illness. The body keeps the score. There's an incredible book called The Body Keeps the Score. The underlying message is when the body has dealt with trauma of any kind, we've all had small trauma, large trauma, um, being, you know, walking in this human path is traumatic, but we've all dealt with various forms of trauma and our bodies hold on to that. And if we don't find healthy ways to address it and eliminate it and clear that from an energetic standpoint, our tissues literally will hold on to unresolved emotional trauma. It could be unresolved conflict, could be grief, could be anger, could be frustration, could be any sort of emotion that the body might be holding onto that your brain may not be aware of. You don't feel angry. You don't feel grief. You don't feel, you might not feel that or be consciously aware of it, but the body is still holding onto it. So sometimes we also need to look at what can we do to facilitate healing on a much deeper level. And as people dive into that, it is unbelievable. Like talk about seeing miracles. Yeah. You will begin to just see people transform. And as we begin to deal with what might your body be holding on to that's affecting that organ system. And as we find healthy ways to identify it and resolve it, it's so freeing. The weight of the world begins to lift off people and they just have a completely different outlook and their entire countenance begins to change. And so it's remarkable what God will do when you allow him. And I definitely feel like I've, I've been on that journey and I, he does continue to reveal, you know, layers of emotional trauma and just things that he wants me to deal with that I, I thought I dealt with. And in my opinion, it is probably the biggest piece for me to getting well is dealing with all of that, lifting off the heavy burdens that are attached to the emotional trauma in my past. So that's why this journey is taking so long, but a lot of people, and this is actually one of my issues with the conventional world is the diet piece and and the emotional piece are so important. I mean, it's all important, but that those things are not addressed if, you know, when someone is diagnosed with cancer and, you know, it's just a one size fits all. Oh, you have ovarian cancer. Oh, yep. You're going to get Taxol and you're going to get cisplatin and, you know, blah, 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 or breast cancer, you know? And so it's what I love about the way that you, you know, practice medicine is that it's not one size fits all because it can't be each person is different. And I, I just love that, that you, you go to the root cause of, of what someone might be dealing with. And we're each so unique, right? There's yeah. the individual, we're all genetically and biologically individual. And so I do believe that we have to take an individualized approach to figuring out how do we support your body? And you have different genetics and different biochemistry and different gene expression and different exposures and your immune system may be burdened with different things. So we have to address you as a person and there's no one size fits all in anything, a big difference when you're looking at, okay, how do, how do we address and optimize the health of each individual? If we're not looking at each individual as their own person and their own unique expression of health, then we're going to miss a huge piece because 
we are all designed differently. Yes, we have commonalities, but our ability to handle toxins is completely different. For example, based on your genes, based on your detox pathways, based on your lifestyle. And so if you're not addressing each component, you know, there's a lot of stones that get left unturned. And then you mentioned the diet. Diet is such a huge aspect. And I think it's a huge missing piece in a lot of healing for people because your diet literally determines your health. You're either turning genes on for disease or on for health based on what you eat. Mm. You're either turning on inflammation or turning off inflammation based on the foods that you're eating. You're either burdening your detox pathways or supporting your detox pathways based on what you're eating. And it's Mm. such a huge, huge, huge piece. If we even just addressed that, you know, full force with everybody, I think we would transform health in unbelievable ways because our American diet is so full of toxins, but it's also devoid of nutrients. It's kind of a double whammy. Our soil has been so depleted of nutrients that we don't have the same nutrient content in our fruits and vegetables that we did 50 or hundred years ago. Not only are we getting overfed and undernourished, but the amount of chemicals and glyphosate and gluten and various and GMO foods that are destroying our microbiome, you know, they play an impact on our immune function, on our mitochondrial function, on our inflammatory pathways, our detox pathways, they play, they play such a huge role. So if we're not addressing that and figuring out how we can eat to maximize our health, um, not only do we have to get rid of the bad stuff, but we have to get more of the good stuff. Or if we're chronically nutrient deficient, our bodies can't operate like they're made to. So I think that is a huge piece that goes, you know, overlooked a lot of times. Definitely. Yes. And, you know, if you're not used to this way and you don't have the conviction about how important the diet piece is, I mean, I always tell people hire someone that can help you with that and borrow their beliefs about diet and food and nutrition until you get your own, because it matters as I've been doing all kinds of detox and really have learned uh, about parasites, what would you, you know, I would love to hear your view on the connection between parasites and cancer. Yeah, it's a good question. So there, there's a very big connection. And if you can even begin to research this, if you go to pubmed.gov and, and it's actually very well published, um, there's an incredible huge link between cancer and parasites and I think there's a lot of reasons. Some of the more basic reasons is that parasites really wreak havoc on the immune system. So they can reduce the overall function of the immune system. They can eat the body's nutrients and they can start blocking certain pathways and increase your body's toxic burden. Um, They can also begin to wreak havoc on the way the immune system functions. So a lot of people with chronic parasites will get allergies or they'll get hypersensitivities They'll get histamine intolerance and they begin to have a lot of allergic type symptoms. Those are all going to create rampant inflammation Mm. and and immune dysfunction. So when we think of cancer, I think cancer is a failure of the immune system. Why did the immune system fail? Well, you have to start looking at all the potential reasons the immune system failed. But when you have something like chronic parasites, not only are you having something inside you that's eating up your nutrients, it's creating a lot of inflammation, dysregulating the immune system. 
also creating a lot of biofilms. So that can be another reason why it makes it hard for the body to address these underlying infections as they create biofilms. Cancer creates biofilms, these protective layers that kind of hide away from the immune system. So your immune system can't find it and get rid of it. The other component is that they're also organisms that eat a lot of toxins. So when you start looking at parasites, you also start to see a high burden of heavy metals. And so when you begin to kill parasites, you actually get more exposed to heavy metals, but they mm-hmm. could be a, lo- a huge reason as to why the body's holding on to heavy metals is because they are fuel for the parasites. They love heavy metals. They thrive on heavy metals. And so sometimes we have to get rid of the chronic parasites before we can make a huge improvement in getting rid of your heavy metal burden. Mm-hmm. And if you're not addressing both at the same time, that can also be a problem. So I think for many reasons, and I probably didn't even list, you know, 90% of them, but those are some of the issues that we see with chronic parasitic infections. They're increasing the body's infectious burden, inflammatory burden. They're creating biofilms. They're holding on to toxins, chemicals, and heavy metals. There's reasons why when we begin to get rid of parasites for many reasons, we begin to see a huge burden off the immune system. And that's Mm -hmm. the ultimate goal is how do we strengthen the immune system? They're, they're tricky. They have all kinds of life cycles. So it's not as easy as maybe treating pneumonia where you take a seven to 10 day course of an antibiotic and you get rid of the pneumonia and it goes away. They have all kinds of different life cycles and they can be trickier to treat. So working with someone who's knowledgeable about parasites, I think is very important. Mm-hmm. They're difficult to detect, which becomes incredibly frustrating to identify. They, a lot of times they don't show up on stool testing. Um, if you get food poisoning, you might find a, a parasite or a tapeworm or a roundworm or a protozoa easier because you have like an acute exposure and it's easier to identify that in the stool. But for some of the chronic parasitic infections, they don't show up in the stool. Mm. And they may not only be in the large intestine, they could be anywhere in the body. They could be hiding in any organ system. So they could be in the small intestine, the stomach, the spleen, the liver, the kidney, the skin, the brain, the sinuses, they could literally be anywhere. So if you're only looking at stool, you may be missing the presence of chronic parasites. Oh, that is just disgusting. When I think about parasites, (laughs) like taking over my body, I actually just watched an interview with a doctor. Um, I'm not, I don't even think she lives in the U S her, and I can't even remember her name, but she was talking about how many people are being misdiagnosed right now that they're saying that they have a cancer diagnosis, but it's actually parasites that have overtaken their body and they're laying eggs in the, in the organs. And I was just that, just even that picture is so disgusting, but what do you think about that? And what's challenging is they're microscopic. Most people think of roundworms or tapeworms that are very large and visible to the naked eye. A lot of these parasites are microscopic. You can't Mm. identify them. The the naked eye cannot even see it. So they might be able to be identified under a microscope, but you probably won't even identify it if it's in your stool. I think that there's a huge burden on the immune system with these parasites. And there's a a huge component affecting the immune system. We're probably very, very far behind other countries when it comes to detecting parasites and treating parasites. 
with what we have available with our testing methods, they're, they're not perfect and they're, they miss a lot. And so I do think it's important to work with someone who's knowledgeable about parasites, because if you're, again, if you're only looking at stool, you're going to miss it. There's a lot of different methods to try to identify the body's burden and also what type of parasite, because there's lots of different hundreds of different species. I think it's very possible that they can take over, especially when the immune system's weak and be laying eggs all over the body. Absolutely. Oh so wow. yeah, it's, it's a tricky thing because we don't have perfect testing methods, but you, they are able to be detected if you have the right tools and, and then they can be effectively treated. What do you think about the cell core parasite cleanse? I absolutely love using cell core. I've had a lot of success Cellcore. And one of the things I think is so important is they have really identified how to support the entire process, not just with an herb to kill a bug, but also how to support the body's detox pathways. Because again, if you're only killing, 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 you might not have the mechanisms in place to excrete the toxins or excrete the dead particles or properly eliminate that from the body. And so on a very comprehensive level, they've identified how to detox from head to toe systemically, how to support all those pathways, also how to support the mitochondria, which is a huge piece when you're beginning to detox, whether it's chemicals, heavy metals, chronic infections, when you begin to find ways to get that toxic burden off the mitochondria and allow the mitochondria to work properly, that's a huge missing link in chronic illness. And so one thing I really appreciate about their approach is that it's comprehensive. Also, the herbs are fascinating because they're so synergistic. You know, when you think of a drug, a drug is used to, in many cases, block something. When you use herbs, they're working synergistically. So you might be using a blend of herbs that work better together than just one single individual herb, but they're able to target many different types of microorganisms and chronic infections and address the biofilms. And Mm. that's another big piece when you're dealing with something like parasites or chronic infections is can you adequately break down the biofilm to be able to target that microorganism? And then do you have the mechanisms in place to excrete all this dead byproduct? So I appreciate how comprehensive they are. Yeah. I've been impressed so far with, with all of the, the different ones that I've used. I just love everything that you say. I could just sit and listen to you talk for hours because it's so fascinating. Everything that you know and and that you say, and it just so resonates with me. So I'm I'm so thankful to be connected to you. Uh, so let's talk about mitochondria for the last um, little portion of our episode today. For those of my you know who are listening in that don't even know the the function of the mitochondria, can you speak to that? Oh, absolutely. So the mitochondria are the little organelles in every cell that take in oxygen and nutrients and generate something called ATP, which is cellular energy. So every single cell in the body requires cellular energy to function. And so the main mechanism that our body uses to make cellular energy 
is done by the mitochondria. And that's why they're so important. They're kind of becoming a buzzword in society today, because as people learn more and more about mitochondria, we begin to realize, wow, it's incredibly important to have really healthy mitochondria. When we begin to have unhealthy mitochondria, that sets the stage for a lot of chronic disease. And especially for cancer, when you begin to have unhealthy mitochondria, you have dysregulated energy production and a higher propensity towards cancer, but the same can occur for a lot of chronic illnesses. So what we're trying to do is maintain good function of the mitochondria and support the mitochondria. And some of the things that prevent the mitochondria from working well are infections and toxins. So if you're thinking of heavy metals and chemicals, environmental chemicals, especially heavy metals like mercury, lead, aluminum, arsenic, um, they're incredibly toxic to the mitochondria. Another big trigger is mold. Mold is an incredibly toxic substance to the mitochondria. It shuts down the function of the mitochondria. And Mm. sometimes what can happen is in order to protect ourselves, the body literally will shut down the way that the mitochondria function and produce energy in order to help us survive. And that's called the cell danger response. Fascinating topic. And I won't get into the nitty gritty details, but there is an incredible amount of research done, especially by UCSD in San Diego on the cell danger response. And when we're under trauma or when we're bombarded with chronic infection or high toxicity, the mitochondria have a built-in mechanism to shut down and not produce cellular energy to not feed the fungus or not feed the parasite or not feed the virus, or also to not allow a toxin to perpetuate illness under the guise of a, it's a built-in self-protective mechanism basically, but in order to protect you, your mitochondria shut down and therefore they're not operating to their full capacity. So they're not taking in oxygen or nutrients and making cellular energy. So when you don't, when you have multiple organ systems, not making cellular energy, that organ system isn't going to work well. Mm. Even think of heart failure, for example, when the heart muscle cell begins to die, begins to not function, you get heart failure and there's many forms of heart failure, but ultimately the mitochondria are significantly affected from a cell danger response perspective. Take mold, for example. It's one of the things I see most often is people get stuck in what's called a cell danger response. And they cannot make cellular energy until we figure out why their mitochondria are shut down and then address that underlying cause and then begin to rehab the mitochondria. And there's many, many, many ways to do that. Ozone therapy and hyperbaric oxygen therapy and Intermittent fasting um, are actually wonderful ways to restore function of the mitochondria. Infrared sauna, infrared light, red light therapy. Um, there's a lot of various tools you can use to help recover the mitochondria and get them working more efficiently. When you intermittent fast, you actually will kill off weak mitochondria so that your body can make healthier mitochondria. So it's actually a way that the body can get rid of weak and damaged cells in order to be able to produce healthy mitochondria. But ultimately you want to look at what the underlying trigger is, what the underlying cause is that's not allowing the mitochondria to work well. There are like genetic mitochondrial disorders 
but they're, they're very rare. It's not a huge significant portion of the population that has like a true genetic disorder. Mm -hmm. Um, What's more common is our toxic burden, whether that's from a toxin or or an infection um, affecting the mitochondria. So as we begin to look at how do we address some of these things that may be affecting the mitochondria, we can begin to rehab them and get them working properly. And that's going to play a huge role also in energy. So even just generalized fatigue, something called post-exertional malaise, where people feel fine and they can exercise, they can get through an exercise, but then they're exhausted for days after. That's a very common thing I see a lot in my patients with mold illness is they've had so much mitochondrial damage. They have enough energy to kind of get through the day, but not, you know, they're not living with optimal energy. That's a huge piece that I do want people to be aware of because mm-hmm. there's often underlying triggers and causes for that. So what do you think about fulvic acid? Fulvic acid is an amazing nutrient. Um, it's it's more of a actual, it's more of a binder. It's often used in minerals. So it's often a component of minerals, but it's a very, very important binder that can help bind toxins so that they're not affecting the mitochondria. Mm. So it's an important detox strategy. Okay, and good. Most people are incredibly mineral deficient. Yep. You know, we just aren't getting the minerals we need to from our soil. We're not getting it from our food. We drink filtered water. So all those minerals are stripped from our water sources. So it's very easy to be to become mineral deficient. And then as you begin to detox, you actually need more minerals to help run all your detox pathways. Wow. Before you begin to excrete you know, more urine, more stool, more bile, more sweat. So then you're actually getting rid of more minerals. So that's an important piece for people to know about is make sure you're, you're getting adequate minerals and you're on a very comprehensive mineral replacement. My goodness, you are a wealth of information. I just, I, like I said, I love listening to you. Well, Heidi, I mean, we're going to have to do another episode because I could talk to you. There's so many topics that you and I could just go off on. So we just, I feel like, you know, tapped into just a little bit of the ones that were on my heart to discuss for today. So what, what States are you practicing in now? California and Idaho. Okay. Florida and Florida. Okay. That's amazing. Okay. Well, and the reason I know I'm going to have so many people asking, um, you know, how they can work with you. I always do. Whenever I talk about you, they're like, oh, who is she? How can I, how can I talk to her? So for my audience, you know, what's the best way for people to inquire about working with you? Yeah. The best way to reach me is either um, through my website, 360degreesofhealth.com. And Mm -hmm. on the contact page, you can reach me either by phone or by email. Okay. Awesome. Oh, I love it. Well, we're going to link your information in the show notes. So people will have that for the future. Is there any piece of advice you'd, you want to give today to the people listening in? I would say just, I want people to be hopeful. We talked about a lot of the things that can go wrong in the body, (laughs) but I want people to be hopeful that there is always more that can be done. I truly believe our bodies were designed to heal. We have the capacity to heal and to thrive. And we just need to figure out what the body needs more of what it needs less of to bring it back into balance. And so that's ultimately what I love helping people with, but I want people to walk away informed and also hopeful that Mm. 
there is always more that can be done. There's always more to the story. We're all on our individual journeys, you know, trying to achieve the best health we can. And there's always more. So if you're reaching roadblocks, if you're feeling discouraged, if you're feeling a lack of hope, um, please know that there is always more that can be done. And, and your body is truly amazing. It was designed to heal. And so mm-hmm. healing can look very different for different people. And there's a lot of layers to healing, but I do want people to walk away hopeful and informed about so many different options that they have. So please reach out to Erica, please reach out to me, reach out to someone local who can help you find answers and begin searching and be, help you on your journey. Cause there's always somebody available to help you. And you just might need to kind of be resourceful and reach out to someone that can think outside the box and might have a different skill set. But there is always hope. And I don't want anyone to feel like they are reaching a point where they're not hopeful for what they can achieve and what is possible. Oh my goodness. I love that so much. And I could not agree more. That's even hope itself. It's just so powerful. And that's for me, hope is a source. And I I go to him, God almighty, every single day and get my hope because, you know, if I'm constantly looking at, you know, my health situation or just the world in general, it can be so discouraging. So I love that you said that. So thank you so much, Heidi. You're welcome. It's been an honor to be here with you today. Yes. All your time. Oh, yes. I appreciate your time. And we will definitely have you on the show again. Sounds great. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the show. My prayer is that the podcast encouraged you and filled you with hope. If you loved what you heard today and you would like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post it on social media, and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. To catch the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram at It's Erica Matthews and join my Hope and Healing for Cancer Facebook group. Remember this, anything worth having takes work. See you next week for a new episode.